hidden in every storybook, upside down and backwards round, tucked within the afterward lie the secrets dark and true that fill the pages of the Book of Scary. Pig and Leap found themselves standing on the shore of the Elephant Coast. Pig watched the ghost ship vanish behind them as Leap, staring at the display of death before them, shivered. I wonder if he knew, said Pig. Who? About what? asked Leap, transfixed by the sight of a rotting zebra. Father Longtail, about the ghosts of men, answered Pig. Her voice trembled. About whatever happened here. Maybe we weren't expected to come back. Maybe that's why we were given such a useless excuse for a boat. She bent down, picked up a rock, and threw it at the sun-dried carcass of a gazelle. The rock hit its target, disturbing a cluster of flies who cursed her as they scattered. Oh no, don't say that, said Leap. Father Longtail is good and kind. If he said we'd be safe, I believe he really thought so. And, and besides, the Rhinoceros King will help us. I heard he has dozens of ships. He'll get us home, I'm sure of it. I'm not so sure about a king who would allow all this to happen, if he's even a king anymore, said Pig. Suppose his hide's tied to a pole of his own. Leap spied something near the trees and cautiously approached it. Pig, come look at this, Leap called. Pig caught up with him and saw a bleached wooden sign posted in the sand. It said, We you see are the dead of traitors. Take heed, all who walk upon this soil. If you be treacherous, you will die. Beside this declaration was a brownish-red stamp in the shape of a rhinoceros head. See, said Leap, those things, they're just warnings. M maybe it's not so bad after all. Pig was about to speak when came the unexpected sound of creaking leather. Don't look up, she thought. But up she looked, and her blood ran cold. Leap, she whimpered. All the wretched traitorous bodies had turned their dead heads toward Leap and Pig to glare sightlessly down at them. Then, very suddenly, they wrenched open their putrid jaws and shrieked. Oh, the horror of that sound! One hundred soulless voices screaming all at once. Leap grabbed Pig's hoof, and together they fled into the trees. But no matter how hard they ran, they could not escape that horrible screeching. They stopped just once for breath, but it was once too long. Scarcely had they paused when they were seized from behind. Their captors were beasts neither Pig nor Leap had seen before. They looked like huge dogs, but with peculiar rounded ears. They had blunt snouts and sharp teeth, and they cackled without reason. Pig had read about beasts like these before, but in writing, hyenas sounded so strange she thought they were imaginary. Then again, she had once thought the ghosts of men were imagined too. The hyenas bound Pig and Leap and pushed them down a narrow winding trail for at least three miles before they came to a clearing. In the clearing was a great tent of purple cloth, richly adorned with gold tassels and medallions. Two armored guards, one a cheetah and the other an ibex, flanked the entrance to the tent. Each carried bright yellow banners emblazoned with the same rhinoceros seal Pig had seen in the traitor's graveyard. Could it be? Had she been delivered to the rhinoceros king himself? She wanted to be happy, 
but all she could think of now were the ropes cutting into her flesh, and she'd have given up this whole mission for a crust of bread and some water. Halt, said the ibex. Who have you brought before the horned king? One of the hyenas stepped forward and bowed. We bring trespassers, sir, she said. We heard the shrieks and found them near the shore. They are strangers to our land. We would have killed them, said the other hyena, but we thought his majesty might take interest in them, for it has been some time since anyone was able to sail the White Sea and live. The ibex looked to the cheetah, who considered this for a moment, and then nodded. We will take them, said the ibex. He tossed a few coins to the hyenas, who cackled to each other, dropped to all fours, and scampered gracelessly away. The rhinoceros king was the biggest animal pig had ever seen. He made a fierce sight indeed, despite the delicate gold rings upon his forehorn and the many plush pillows upon which he reclined. He glowered at Pig and Leap when they entered, and said nothing for a time. Pig wondered if he'd fallen asleep with his eyes open until he swatted away an antelope who'd come to offer him water. Why, he said in a very deep voice, have you brought a wolf into my den? The bounty hunter said they came from the sea, answered the ibex. Did they now? said the king with a short laugh. He narrowed his eyes and addressed the prisoners directly. Who are you then that the ghosts of men would allow you passage? Leap started to answer, but the cheetah struck him. If the wolf speaks again, he loses his tongue, said the cheetah, as if he'd said it a thousand times before. Don't you dare hurt him, Pig cried out. She almost received a matching blow, but the horned king held up a hoof, and the cheetah drew back. The ghost spare your life, and now you defend the wolf, said the king. Your resemblance to my enemies grows stronger with every word, little hog. Your next words had better convince me that you should live. We were sent by Father Longtail of the South Tunnel Abbey to bring you a message, Pig answered boldly. That wolf has saved my life twice, and his name is Leap. The rhinoceros king stood abruptly, his huge nostrils flaring. All who quote the elder mice with lying tongues are soon without tongues at all, he boomed. Prove your allegiance, or you will have no tongue with which to plead for the wolf's life. In my cloak, Pig said hurriedly. I have a parchment inside my cloak. The ibex reached inside her cloak and extracted a soggy roll of paper. But Pig's heart fell when the guard unrolled it. It says nothing, said the ibex. If ever it said anything, the sea has long washed it away. Well, well, said the rhinoceros king. What an unlucky day for little hogs and their pets. Thank you.